0: Blessed is the man who endures temptation. Pastor Xavier Reese with more on today's Simple Truths.
1: Your past commitment to God in obedience as well as mine is a good foundation for the present and the future temptations that will be offered to us. There's a relationship between my obedience and my love. If I love my wife, then I'm faithful. If I love my Lord, then I obey. There's a relationship,
0: people. Welcome to Simple Truths, the daily half-hour study of God's Word with Xavier Reese, Senior Pastor of Calvary Chapel of Pasadena, California. No temptation has overtaken you except such as is common to man. But God is faithful, who will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you are able, but with the temptation will also make the way of escape, that you may be able to bear it. This passage from 1 Corinthians 10.13 is an assurance we cannot fall by temptation if we cleave fast to God. The fear of the Lord put into our hearts will be the great means of safety. And this is the simple truth that Pastor Xavier will be illustrating with the story of Jeremiah and the obedient sons of Rakob, drawn from Jeremiah chapter 35.
1: Let's listen. Jesus one day was teaching in the temple, and the chief priests and the elders were questioning his authority And Jesus said, A man had two sons. And he came to the first, and he said, Son, go work today in my vineyard. He answered and said, I will not. But afterwards, he regretted it, and he went. And then he came to the second son and said, Likewise. And he answered and said, I go, sir. But he did not go. Which of the two did the will of his father? And they said to him, The first. Jesus said to them, Assuredly, I say to you, the tax collectors and harlots enter the kingdom of God before you. Pretty heavy. You see, we can have all kinds of religiosity. We can have all kinds of outward things. But if our heart is not bent towards obedience towards God, then we're deceiving ourselves. We want to look at the example of the faithful obedience by the Rechabites, which is laid out for us here in three stages. Let me read the verses and we'll divide them up. The word which came to Jeremiah from the Lord in the days of Jehoiakim, the son of Josiah, king of Judah, saying, Go to the house of the Rechabites and speak to them and bring them into the house of the Lord, into one of the chambers and give them wine to drink. Then I took Hazaniah, the son of Jeremiah, the son of uh, Habazaniah, his brother and all his sons, and the whole house of the Rechabites. And I brought them into the house of the Lord, into the chamber of the sons of Hanam, the son of Igdaliah, the man of God, which was by the chamber of the princes above the chamber of Messiah, the son of Shalom, the keeper of the door. Then I said before the sons of the house of the Rakabites bowls full of wine and cups, and I said to them, Drink wine. But they said, We will not, or we will drink no wine, for Jonadab, the son of Rakab, our father, Commanded us, saying, You shall not drink no wine, you nor your sons, forever. You shall not build a house, sow seed, plant vineyards, nor have any of these, but all of your days you shall dwell in the tents, that you may live many days in the land where you are sojourners. Thus we have obeyed the voice of Jonadab the son of Rackab, our father, in all that he charged us, to drink no wine in all our days. We are wives, our sons, and our daughters." nor to build ourselves houses to dwell in, nor do we have vineyards, fields, or seed. But we have dwelt in tents and have obeyed and done according to all that Jonadab our father commanded us. But it came to pass when Babylon came upon the land that we said, Come, let us go to Jerusalem for fear of the army of the Chaldeans and for fear of the army of the Syrians. So we dwelt at Jerusalem. Thus saith the Lord of hosts, The word of the Lord came to Jeremiah, saying, Thus said the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, Go and tell the men of Judah and the inhabitants of Jerusalem, Will you not receive instruction to obey my words, says the Lord? The words of Jonadab, the son of Rechab, were to command his sons not to drink wine or perform, for to this day they drink none and obey their father's commandments. But although I have spoken to you, rising early and speaking, and you did not obey, I have also sent you all my prophets, servants, rising up early and sending them, saying, Turn now everyone from the evil ways, amend your doings, and do not go after other gods to serve them. Then you will dwell in the land which I have given to your fathers, but you have not inclined your ear, nor obeyed me. Surely the sons of Jacob, the sons of uh, Jonadab, the sons of Jacob, have performed the commandments of their father, which he commanded them, but this people has not obeyed me. Therefore, thus saith the Lord God of hosts, God of Israel, Behold, I will bring on Judah and on all the inhabitants of Jerusalem all the doom that I have pronounced against them, because I have spoken to them, but they have not heard. And I have called to them, but they have not answered. And Jeremiah said to the house of the Rechabites, Thus saith the Lord God of hosts, the God of Israel, because you have obeyed the commandments of Jonadab your father and kept all his precepts and done according to all that he commanded you. Therefore, thus saith the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, Jonadab, the sons of Rechab, shall not lack a man to stand before me forever. The faithful example of the obedience of the Raccovites here is laid out in three stages. Verse one through five, the temptation offered to the Raccovites to disobey is given to us. Secondly, verse six through eleven, the confirmation declared by the Raccovites to continue to obey. And then lastly, verse twelve through nineteen, the instruction applied to Judah by the example of the Raccovites having Obeyed. The temptation offered to the Rechabites to disobey comes first. Notice first of all, verse 1 and 2. Jeremiah is sent to the Rechabites to bring them into the house of the Lord. The date of the word that came to Jeremiah was the days that Jehoiakim, the son of Josiah king of Judah. So right off the bat, you realize that the chronology of the book of Jeremiah, once again, is upset. Because the previous chapter is Zedekiah. Now we're going back to Jehoiakim, okay? So keep that in mind. It's not always in chronological order. But as I'll show you, and we'll see at the end, is no mistake. It is by God's design. He's trying to teach us something here. Now, notice in verse 2, Jeremiah is commanded by God to go and to speak to the Rakabites and, and to bring them into the house of the Lord, into one of the chambers, and then to give them wine to drink. Now, the origin of the Rechabites, they were Kenites by descent. And they're related to the father in law of Moses. If you remember back uh, in Judges 116 and in 1 uh, Chronicles 255, you get that genealogy. Okay? And Moses left. Egypt, and he married a, a Bedouin young girl, and his father in law was a Kenai okay and that 's relationship. They were not the people of God, but they had a relationship and a connection to the people of God. This is important in fact. Here, the house refers to the tribe, the clan. They were nomadic Bedouin tribes. Some of you have gone to Israel with us. Uh, you have all these Bedouins around, in fact, all over Israel. But there you see them a lot. And the interesting thing is they, they just live off the land. They don't plant. They don't nothing like we're going to see. But they do have the, their TV antennas hanging out of their tents. But they just live off the land. Now, notice secondly, verse 3 through 5, Jeremiah brought the uh, Rechabites into the temple. In verse 3, the individuals are listed for us. Jezaniah, the son of uh, Jeremiah, the son of Habazaniah. There's a couple of names. You can have kids. Javazaniah means Yahweh hears. Now, the names are important. These guys are obedient. They're faithful. Okay? Yahweh hears. Habazaniah means light of Yahweh. His brothers and all his sons are mentioned. They're included. But these guys are the leaders. Uh, The whole house of Rechabites is, is mentioned. So not only the leaders, but, but but the whole bunch of them. And in verse 4, Jeremiah brought them into the house of the Lord. The particular place was the chambers of the sons of Hanan, the son of Agdaliah. Now, God is very specific, and we're going to see this. He, he, he does this all the time. And, and it doesn't, you know, God didn't write a fat book to impress us. Okay? There's nothing in here There's superficial or to just fill up pages everything is detailed. everything is needed for us and god is a god of detail now, the temple had different chambers as you know if you remember when we studied nehemiah in nehemiah chapter 13 uh, verse 4 to 13 when nehemiah came back to jerusalem that uh, the priest had been sent back to the field and the people had had quit giving the tithes and in many of these chambers that were given for the oil and the grain and the wine and for the priests and everything had been now occupied by the enemy from within and Nehemiah just threw them all out, cleaned them out, and got everything in order again. If you look at the details of the temple, you have all these rooms that are mentioned. This is one of the rooms. And and Hanan means he is merciful. Once again, the name. Agdaliah means Yahweh is great. What incredible names. They're great names. In fact, Edeliah is called the man of God, if you see there in verse 4. Who apparently was sympathetic to Jeremiah. So once again, we get now another individual that was in love with Yahweh. Not many, but Jeremiah was not the only one, though there were very, very few. The phrase man of God, as you know, is, is used in the scriptures to describe a man who is faithful to God. He's a servant, a man of God. It is used of Moses in Deuteronomy 33.1. It is used of uh, the prophet that came to Eli in uh, 1 Samuel 2.27. It is used of Samuel himself in 1 Samuel 9.6. In fact, it is used of Timothy by Paul in 1 Timothy 6.11. O man of God. The term is found 73 times in the Bible for those men and women who are faithful to God, servants of God. Now, this particular chamber was by the chamber of the princess above the chamber of Messiah, the son of Shalom, the keeper of the door. Notice how detailed it is. You study the Old Testament, the tabernacle. People get bored with Leviticus and Numbers. Why? There's such great lessons there. God's a got a detail. He says, make sure you make it exactly after the pattern. The measurements, the cubicles, the this, the that, the incense, the oil, the, the procedure, everything detail. Look how detailed you're made. Look how detailed your eye, if you ever study the complexity of the eye. Your nervous system, your brain. You get impressed by computers? Man, you've got something between your ears that puts any computer to shame. Now, messiah means here work of Yahweh. Once again, the name. And his job was to protect the temple so that no unclean person, a leopard, or anybody who wasn't supposed to be there would come in. He was to protect the house from God from being defiled. Now, at times, these individual storekeepers were also those who were over the funds to repair the temple. And we get that in 2 Kings 12, 9 through 10. Messiah has identified for us in the previous chapters of Jeremiah, if you remember, as uh, the priest. And he appeared to be the father of Sephaniah, who was one of the priests who came to Jeremiah to inquire of the Lord and who also received a letter from the false prophets of Babylon to shut Jeremiah's mouth. And then Sephaniah read the letter to Jeremiah. And you find that in Jeremiah 21.1 and then 29.25 is the letter that was written. And then 37 3. And with those references, you find out who these guys are. And the, these guys were also sympathetic to Jeremiah. Notice in verse 5, Jeremiah then said that he set before the Rakabai bowls of, full of wine and cups and told them, Listen, drink wine. The commitment to obey of the Rakabais was being tested. Their character was about to be revealed. Who they really were. Their resistance to the pressure of influential people was about to be tried. Namely, the prophet Jeremiah. Because there are some things that some people would not do if someone asked them. But if someone of influence would say, let's do this, they wouldn't be able to say no. You remember the prophet of God that was sent to Jeroboam? Because Jeroboam had set up the calf worship and the shrines. And he pro- prophesied against the, temple, against the altar that he built up. And, and Jeroboam stuck his hand out to have him arrested. And his arm shriveled and withered. And then he cried to the prophet, oh, pray God to wither, And, the, and God restored his arm. And Jeroboam said, oh, come, come to my house and eat and refresh yourself. He said, no, no, no. The God who sent me, God Yahweh who sent me, told me not to go back the same way I came and not to eat and not to go into anybody's house. Boom, he boogies to Bethel. As he goes through Bethel, there's an old prophet there. The son of that prophet tells him about the account of this young prophet. He says, go find him, see where he's at. So the young man goes out, the son goes out, he finds him, comes back and go get him. He co- and the old prophet goes to him, he says, hey, man of God. He says, come, come and eat and refresh yourself of my house. Oh, no, no, I can't. God, Yahweh, told me not to go back the same way or to eat or drink with anybody. No said, oh, no, 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 it's okay, it's cool. I'm an old prophet too, I'm a prophet of God too. And the Lord told me to tell you to come. Oh, well, that's different. They go. As they're reading, God gives a word of knowledge to the old prophet who deceived the young prophet. He's a dead man. He's disobeyed me. Young prophet gets up, takes off on his donkey, going down the road, a lion comes out, kills him. Now, to make sure no one would think it was coincidence, when the old prophet comes to get his body of the young prophet, the donkey standing, the lion standing, the dead corpse is there. The lion wasn't hungry. Disobeyed. He believed a man, a contradiction to God's word. Your past commitment to God in obedience as well as mine it's a good foundation for the present and the future temptations that will be offered to us. James says this, James 1.12. blesses the man who endures temptations, for when he has been proved, he will receive the crown of life which the Lord has promised to those who love him. There's a relationship between my obedience and my love. If I love my wife, then I'm faithful. If I love my Lord, then I obey. There's a relationship, people. In the law, of Moses said in Deuteronomy 8.2, And you shall remember, the Lord your God, that he led you all the way these 40 years in the wilderness to humble you, to test you, and to know what was in your heart, whether you would keep his commandments or not. Not that God needed to know. He already knew. So that God would let them know where their hearts was at. You know why? Because sometimes we boast more than we should. Peter says, oh, even all these would deny you. <laughs> not me. I'm Peter. The Rock, really, Peter. Before this night's over, three times you're going to deny me. Paul the apostle tells the Corinthians in Second Corinthians thirteen five, "Examine yourselves as to whether you are in the faith. Test yourselves. Do you not know yourselves that Jesus Christ is in you unless you are disqualified?" I always have to examine myself to the Word of God. The word of God is the standard. Temptations and testings will come throughout our lifetime. Our entire lifetime. And they'll always come in three ways. Only in three ways do they come. Here they are. First John 2.16 For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eye, the pride of life, it is not of the Father, but of the world. Those are the three areas by which all your temptations and testings will come. Like those of Genesis with Adam and And Eve, Peter says, be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, walks about like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. 1 Peter 5, 8. Temptations and testings will challenge the standard of the word of God. Back Genesis, chapter 3, verse 1. Now the serpent was more cunning than all the beasts of the field which the Lord God had made. And he said to the woman, listen well. Has God indeed said, you should not eat of the tree of the garden? Challenges God's word to bring doubt to it. In verse 4 and 5, the serpent said to the woman, You will not surely die, for God knows that in the day that you eat of it, your eyes will be open and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. God's a killjoy. He's just holding you back. He wants you to live a bum life. No fun. Verse 6, So when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, that it was pleasant for the eye. And the tree dissolved to make one wise. She took of the fruit and ate. She also gave to her husband with her. And he ate. Less of the flesh. Less of the eye. Pride of life. And then the eyes of both of them were open. Verse 7 says. And they knew that they were naked. And they sewed fig leaves together. And they made themselves coverings. Useless. Once you disobey. It's done. Can't cover it. Cannot do it. The temptation offered to the Rechabites to disobey was a real one. It was real. And your temptations and your tests and mine are going to be real. And they're all going to be to obey or to disobey. Notice, secondly, when we move to verse 6, down to 11, we have the confirmation declared by the Rechabites... To continue to obey. First in verse 6 and 7, the response of the Rechabites was immediate. Without hesitation to their loyal dedication to the commands of Jonadab. No hesitation. Boom, right now. Verse 6. They had been in the past and were continuing in the present to abstain from wine. It was a reaffirmation of their faithful commitment to obey their earthly ancestral father's command. Not to drink wine. Listen to them. But they said, we will drink no wine. For Jonadab, the son of Rechab our father, commanded us saying, you shall drink no wine, you nor your sons, forever. Not until you feel like it. Not until you think that it's not any longer worthy. But forever. They took this literally. In fact, Jonadab is mentioned as being one with Jehu, who purged the house of Omri in 840 B.C. in Second Kings 10:15 through 28, it had been 250 plus years that had passed, and these guys were not going to move an inch. Pretty good, huh? Their commitment was much like the Nazarite vow, who couldn't drink wine. Okay. Now, we'll get into this a little bit more as we move along, but you'll find that in Numbers chapter 6, verse 1 through 21, the Nazarites. Now, notice in verse 7, they had been in the past and were committed in the present to continue to live, listen, a simple lifestyle, a simple lifestyle. It was a reaffirmation of their faithful commitment to the past and the present to continue in that commitment with that simple lifestyle. Nothing had changed for these guys. You shall not build houses, sow seed, plant vineyards, verse 7 says, nor have any of these. But all your days you shall dwell in tents, that you may live many days in the land where you are sojourners. This was not Yahweh's command. It doesn't say that. This was the, the command of their father, Jonathan. So these guys are not even doing anything God required. They're just being faithful and honorable to their father on earth, their ancestral father. Today, these guys are all over Israel. Some even think they might be related to the Rakabites, these Bedouin tribes. But if they're not, they're a good example of of what he's talking about here. In fact, the uh, Israeli government has built houses for these guys to get them into houses. But they refuse to go in there. So they they go by, they set their tent outside, they live in the tent, they let their animals walk in the house and everything else. They don't want to be in the house. Now notice second here, verse 8 and 9. The testimony of the Rechabites was of their past and present loyal dedication to Jonadab. But notice how? By their complete obedience as a people. In fact, in verse 8, they had obeyed the voice of Jonadab, their father, uh, the sons of Rechab, their father, in all that he charged them to drink no wine, all their days, listen, their wives, their sons, their daughters, all the members of the family, quite a people, huh? No one had compromised. They had obeyed, verse 9 says, to not build houses for themselves to dwell in, nor did they have vineyards, fields, or seats. They had not been tempted by the comforts of the city life, in other words. They were not envious of the convenience that they offered to a people. They were content. They knew who they were.
0: Pastor Xavier Ruiz, pausing in our study of the faithful example of the obedient Rechabites as we run out of time for today's Simple Truths. But if you've missed any part of this message, we've made it available to hear again anytime online. Just look for today's date when you click on the radio listings link at our website, CalvaryChapelPasadena.com. Of course, there's much more to this study to come next time. But if your schedule won't permit you to tune in, As always, you can pick up a copy of this message, and the title you want to ask for is simply, Faithful Obedience. It's available on CD for only $4. Just ask for the title, Faithful Obedience, or simply mention today's date. You can request your copy by writing, Simple Truths, 2200 East Colorado Boulevard, Pasadena, California, 91107. Watch and pray so that you will not fall into temptation, Jesus said. The spirit is willing, but the body is weak. Bulk up on the simple truths of God's word right here next time with Pastor Xavier Reese. Simple Truths with Pastor Xavier Reese, a daily half-hour broadcast, is a radio ministry of Calvary Chapel of Pasadena, California